to another episode of can you dig it a podcast by silver screen and roll.com i'm christian rebus joined by jacob rude coming off of a pretty strong performance from the lakers against the number two seed phoenix suns i don't want to say i doubted the lakers uh and it's not because i didn't doubt the lakers i just don't want to say it and that's where i'm gonna end that <laughs> <laughs> the i mean i doubted them i'll say it they uh I was not expecting good things. I mean, when you and I talked this time last week, we were pretty doom and gloom. Uh, I think rightfully so. This is going to be a much different tone to this podcast because, boy, that was a fun game. Yeah. I First person we have to talk about is Anthony Davis because he had a great game against Portland on Friday where I was just like, okay, well, Anthony Davis looks healthy, uh, but maybe it was just a bad matchup. That being said, like even uh, when I left that game, I was like, okay, but even if it was a bad matchup, Anthony Davis was not doing this against worse teams uh, when he was coming back from injury. Tonight, you can make an argument that it was a bad matchup again, like if you really want to. Uh, But the Phoenix Suns are one of the best teams in the NBA this season, and Anthony Davis was doing this against the best teams in the NBA uh, last season, in the regular season and in the postseason. So, uh, you know, if you're skeptical, I I don't blame you. You have been hurt a lot this season. Uh, but I am going to choose to believe that this is just Anthony Davis, you know, being the Anthony Davis we saw last season. And part of the reason I, I believe that is not just because he – was just like swallowing uh, blocks up on on Sunday night, but he's making his free throws, which is the biggest indicator to me that that AD is is back and fully healthy. I there were so many indicators. I mean, yeah, that one is up there. Just the we talked last week about how it looked like he. Again, I don't like saying it this way because I know NBA players do, but it almost looked like he didn't give a damn defensively. Um, he's these last two games, like he is that is long out the window. Um, that Portland game, he had two incredible recovery blocks. Um, one on the alley oop, I can't remember who it was that uh, was going up to dunk it, and then the other um, on Nurkic as he was going up for a layup. Um, those were two, like, you have to be in, like, really good condition to be able to recover and make those plays. And that AD wasn't um, last week. He is now. So, yeah, I mean, there, he he just, he looked like bubble AD tonight. Like 42 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, three st- three steals, and three blocks. Um, that's only been done twice since 1996, and one of them was Anthony Davis. <laughs> so the other one was James Harden. Like, 
it's it's not been done in Lakers history. Like there's it's only seven it's only happened seven times, two well, eight times now. Two of them are AD and two of them are Hakeem. So it's just this like insane stat line that uh these are the those are the type of things that AD did last season where you, you put out these stat lines that are just insane and you know this stat line hasn't been accomplished since whatever. That's what AD did tonight. So um, he looked, he was making the reads defensively. He was getting there. Um, he was offensively was knocking down his mid-range shot. That's another big indicator, I think, of if he's back. And um, he just kind of had that feel for the game. And, man, I forgot how much fun it is to watch AD when he plays like this. And it, like... It should go without saying, but AD playing like this also just makes the Lakers much more fun as a team. Uh, not just because when AD is playing like this, the Lakers are more likely to win games against against teams like the Suns. But I mean, even Andre Drummond tonight, who you know I haven't enjoyed watching play basketball since since he joined the Lakers. When Anthony Davis was making his shots and and they had to rely less on Andre Drummond doing things, um, it it just it doesn't matter what Andre Drummond's doing when when Anthony Davis is playing the way he is. Um, <laughs> I talked to a, a few of our different co-hosts about you know the silver lining or or the bright side with Andre Drummond, and my point has always been. The hope is that when LeBron James and Anthony Davis come back, it's not going to matter how good Andre Drummond is. Like, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, as good as they were, uh, Andre Drummond has a higher ceiling than them and I think can do more things than they can. Whether or not the Lakers ask him to do those things uh, is, is a completely different story. But it just in terms of of talent and and the impact he's going to have when LeBron and AD are back when we saw tonight it it was just AD and he he looked so much better than he has in previous games um so i can only imagine what he looks like when LeBron gets back whether they you know can get that pick and roll chemistry going before the postseason starts but again even if they can't the Suns are number two seed in the Western Conference. Uh, if they're going to double team Anthony Davis the next time they play, possibly in the postseason, if the Lakers, if the playoff starts today, the Lakers will play the Suns uh, in the first round, assuming they'd win their play on their play in game. Um, that's fine. You can double team Anthony Davis. The other guy that's going to be open is LeBron James, arguably the greatest player of all time. So good luck. Uh, I, but I'm feeling pretty good about the Lakers right now. That was my other takeaway from tonight. I don't know that I tweeted it. Uh, I don't know that I'm ready to put it that official yet. Uh, but I think the Suns are who I want um, in the playoffs, ultimately. I know we've said this about a couple of different teams, um, but the Suns are, n- are not constructed to be able to handle <laughs> Anthony Davis. Like, this was... Tonight was obviously, I mean, honestly, an all-time performance from Anthony Davis, which is saying something considering the performances he's had. Um, But uh, this team just isn't constructed to handle him or the Lakers size in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you talked about Drummond. They they don't have the bigs 
to deal with AD, Drummond, Gasol, Trez, especially in a seven-game series. So um, I think they would wear this Suns team down. Some of the things they're good at, I mean, the Lakers have perimeter defenders to hang or attempt to hang with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, at least make life difficult for them. So um, I think they match up well with the Suns team. But, yeah, it, it just feels <laughs> it's an entirely different tone to where I was last week. Because last week I'm, I was thinking the world's coming down. Like <laughs> the injuries are going to win this season, at least for the Lakers, and none of this is going to matter. And now it's like, AD looks like this. He's saying him and others are saying LeBron looked great and um, he's going to be back soon, hopefully, knock on wood. So it's amazing what a week can do and a week and a couple wins or one win even. It's amazing how much that'll kind of change your outlook. Where was DeAndre Ayton taken in the draft again? I often forget. Uh, not only was he, uh, I believe he was number two. Uh, not only was he that, it was that he was taken. Oh, or no, he was the number one pick. Yeah, wasn't he? he was. Yeah. Oh, I was Martin trying to get Bagley was the the number two pick. I was I I was looking it up as you said that. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Not um, until the third pick was yeah, Luka Doncic picked. <laughs> they and it was so weird because they hired Luka's Slovenian national team coach. Right. And then we're like, actually, no. Uh, Aiton was invisible tonight. Three shots in 33 minutes. Uh, six rebounds. And that's their starting center. And they only played one other big man, and it was Dario Saric. Well, I guess Frank Kaminsky, but, I mean, we saw what is going to happen if they play Frank Kaminsky against AD. Um, they just do not have the big men. They're just not even on the roster. Like, it's not even like they're not available or they might be around on playoff time. They do not exist on the roster. The Lakers are a terrible matchup for them. Uh, when we get back from the break, we'll talk about the Lakers' other standout performer from Sunday night. So that'll be us. Anthony Davis had the big stat line uh, and is going to be the player everybody is talking about for the next few days, rightfully so. The Lakers' fate in the postseason hinges on him looking as good as he did tonight and as good as he did in the the postseason last year. However, there was another player that had a a standout night to me, uh, and it was Alex Caruso, who was playing on a bum foot, but you you couldn't tell by the way he played. Um, He scored... A season high, or if not a season high, then close to a season high, uh, 17 points on 6 of 11 shooting from the field while also contributing 8 assists and 3 steals. Um, the only the only reason I'm not sure if it is a season high is because I believe last game he also had a season high. Uh, so... You're, he had 18 you're, against Portland. He had 17 tonight. Okay. So two of his high scoring nights of the season. Um, this version of Alex Caruso is so intriguing to me because the, I guess, uh, general consensus around Alex Caruso is that his two best skills are he's a fantastic defender. 
and he's a secondary playmaker. And with that kind of player, you need very specific players around him to maximize his value. Fortunately for the Lakers, they have that player. His name is LeBron James. (laughs) When LeBron is out, that's when Alex Caruso's weaknesses become glaring. Like, it, it, I don't want to say he's unplayable because what he brings on the defensive end, I think, is invaluable. You still have to play him. And the fact that he's knocking his three-point shots down at a higher clip this year, I think, makes him a more valuable player. Uh, but last season and really at the start of this season, without LeBron James, he just wasn't the same player. I know it's a two-game sample size uh, in, in terms of how he's looked as a scorer and how confident he's looked as a floor general. But with each of these stretches that Alex Russo has been asked to be the primary ball handler and take on more responsibilities as a scorer, he's gotten a little better. And I'm not saying that this version of Alex Caruso is the version of Alex Caruso that the Lakers or, you know, God forbid a team signs him away in free agency is going to get for the rest of Why his career. Why would you even put that in existence? Listen, I, I have to. It, it is a possibility. Um, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is he has shown enough in these stints to make you, you know, scratch your chin and wonder, huh, well, I, I wonder how much more you can push him uh, and, and what his actual ceiling is. I I don't know that, again, maybe I'm just a coward because I don't know that I tweeted this. I'm giving you these takes for free, guys. Um, <laughs> I But between watching him and THT tonight, um, I am growing less and less certain that the Lakers need to pay Dennis Schroeder this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, which I we won't dive into that. That's kind of a whole other conversation. But it kind of builds off the point that you were making that Caruso, like he's he's developing like this, and I, he's never like you said he's never going to be an offensive pick and roll threat. But if he can just do it occasionally with with some success, um, and show some of those glimpses he saw tonight, he becomes just more and more valuable because, like you said, and like. Uh, Frank said after the game, he's legitimately an all NBA defender. Um, so he's always going to find a way onto the floor and everybody knows about how smart he is and whatnot. So um, between just being a high IQ player and a terrific defender, he's always going to find a way on the floor. So if he can give you contributions offensively, like that's just going to make him even more and more valuable. Um we saw it a bit last season in the bubble, but it was largely playing off of LeBron James. Um, I'm intrigued to see what he can do um, with the ball more. It's just kind of one of those things that it was hard to do a lot this year. The, the Lakers have just been such a mess that it, at times the second half of the season – it's felt like they've just been trying to get through games mm-hmm. at, rather than kind of building towards anything, um, which they still have done. But, yeah, I just mean at, at times it's just been really rough to try to to build some of these things. So seeing it tonight 
in the brief glimpses we have of kind of the shot creation, the playmaking from Caruso is encouraging. And what's crazy about Caruso is he's a net positive, I guess, in spite of what he brings on offense. And, and it's been that way for a very long time now. If he becomes you know, an above average player on offense or in, even if it's slightly above average, he just becomes a much more valuable player, which might hurt the Lakers pockets in the short term. But, you know, if you're trying to maximize the team with LeBron James, Alex Caruso is, you know, the perfect LeBron James point guard. Um, that was true to a certain extent last season, but, with the way he's knocking down threes and and how comfortable he's he looks offensively, I think it's especially true this year. Do you want to take a guess among rotation players for the Lakers where he ranks in net rating uh, after tonight? Mm. This seems like I feel like the obvious answer is first, but there has to be somebody ahead of him. I just don't know who. Well. Yeah, I mean, you, you pretty much nailed it. The guy ahead of him is uh, some seldom used player named LeBron James. Okay, well. Um, that's why he's a clear MVP. Thank you, Harrison. Um, Caruso's second in uh, net rating. Um, and that is with having the lowest defensive rating of any of the role players um, as well, 102.2, which... For context, the Lakers have the lowest defensive rating in the league right now, and I believe it is at 106. Um, so that, yeah, it's 106.8 is the Lakers' defensive rating in total in the year. So even the best offense of the league is that much better when he's on the floor. Um, he's crazy valuable. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of contract he's going to get this summer because, as you said, it might hurt the Lakers' pockets some more. But uh, I think he's a guy you're going to have to keep around for a lot of the reasons we've said. I'm also going to go on record and say this uh, because I, too, am not a coward. I think the best course of action with Dennis Schroeder is probably a sign-in trade. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I... I don't know if uh, the Lakers see Alex Caruso as a starter, uh, but if he looks like this in the postseason, I think you'd be hard-pressed not to uh, insert him in that starting lineup. And even like even if he's not, Talon looks really good. Uh, and if you're going to invest money into the future, I'd, I'd honestly rather it be Caruso and Talon because I think they, they fit better with LeBron. But that's neither here nor there. The last thing I want to talk about with you is your thoughts on Alex Crusoe potentially making an all-defensive team. I think when you look at the numbers and just watching him play, it's very clear that he is one of the best defensive guards in the NBA. Statistically, he is like one of the four best defensive guards in the NBA. Uh, on the best defensive team in the NBA. And, you know, you look at that and you say, okay, well, that's probably a guy that belongs on an all-defensive first team. 
my question is, does the fact that he doesn't doesn't start and is on a team that will in all likelihood finish as the seventh seed in the Western Conference change any of that? No, um, to be kind of basically blunt about it. Um, I mean, he's a good defensive player, full stop. Well, mm-hmm. I, even that's underselling it. He's a great defensive player, full stop. Um, I mean, guys have been on all defensive teams before. Like, Patrick Beverly never plays, like, big minutes, and he's on all defensive teams all the time. Um, so I that argument holds no weight to me. Um, that's just kind of a nitpicking argument because you don't want him to – Whatever this like reason people don't like Caruso is odd because I know it's been said before, but like if he played on any other team, everybody would love him. Mm-hmm. And because he plays on the Lakers, like he's the it has the opposite effect. Um, I mean, if you're just looking at guys who have played. 50 minute or excuse me, 50 games this season. Like the only people ahead of him are a couple of jazz role players, Rudy and Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Well, so I guess three jazz role players. Um, the in terms of defensive rating, so like he has been elite in that area all season. The argument about it being on the seventh seed. I mean, I really don't have the energy to look, but I'm sure that has happened multiple times before as well. Like, uh, I don't know. These just feel like very bad faith arguments to try to... None of that impacts whether he's a good defender or not. Like, you can be a good defender and your team not have a good record. Um, and so, I to me, you take the context out of it and... He's just a good defender, plain and simple. So I don't think there really needs to be a whole lot other debate than that about it. I feel like there has to be some sort of correlation between people that don't like Alex Caruso and people that don't like Clay Thompson. Because, like, <laughs> I think there is just a, a group of people that have a problem with players that aren't like Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant, put the ball on the floor and, and you know, put guys in ISO situations. Crusoe is not that guy, uh, but God is the impactful player. And I think uh, other than <laughs> 80s block uh, to, to end the game, it was, it was a block immediately followed by just a, a monster dunk uh, that ended up being the exclamation point on the team. Was Alex Crusoe poking away the ball at the rim? You could even call it a block, honestly, on a Chris Paul lob to DeAndre Ayton and then pushing the pace in transition to get Anthony Davis that dunk. Like so he he is very good. Like if you could have Alex Crusoe on your team, I strongly recommend uh <laughs> Hold doing on. it. Again, but he's, listen he's gonna be listen. a free agent. Why are you After doing this? After the window is over. The window is still wide open. It's breezy. It's getting a little cold. Um but yeah I I have run out of superlatives for him. I don't know if he'll make uh, an all-defensive team, but 
I I don't he he absolutely deserves it. To your point about players on bad teams making uh all defensive teams in the 2018-19 season, Drew Holiday made the all defensive team. Uh in the 2018-19 season, let's see. Where did the Pelicans finish? That might have been the was that the year that they made their little run in the playoffs? Uh no, they uh finished with the 14th best record in the Western Conference. So, again, every argument you have for Oscars, I think it's broken down pretty fast. There's, you know, there's a seven seat argument. There's the minutes per game argument. Uh, DeJounte Murray, when he made the all defensive team in 2018, averaged 21.5 minutes per game. Uh, Alex Cruz was averaging 21.2 minutes per game this season. Like, DeJounte Murray started like most of the games at the end of the season. Um, I, I honestly don't think that should matter. Um, and you know, time will tell if it will. Caruso is like some type of like litmus test almost, or what's a Rosark test basically where like what, how you view Alex Caruso is tells me a lot about how you analyze basketball basically Mm -hmm. like if people jump in mentions and just start mocking caruso which i saw a fair amount of because vogel said he should be an all defensive team um i mean that tells me a lot about your your intelligence when it comes to basketball because say say you're casual without saying you're casual yeah exactly (laughs) uh and honestly i I just assume those people don't watch him. They just see his highlights that they complain about on social media. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, there's a couple of different players like that. Lonzo is one of those as well. Whatever your opinion on Lonzo is kind of tells me a lot about um, how you view basketball. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, just a lot of bad faith arguments about Caruso. Uh, I do want to, before we go, the the quote he gave tonight, I'm sure a lot of you have seen. Uh, is this your clear eyes, full hearts moment? This, I'll let you have the floor. <laughs> this is a clear eyes, full heart, can't lose type of speech. Uh, this speech very well might have come out of Friday Night Lights. Uh, I don't know what the question asked was, so forgive me, but... Uh, it's just, uh, his quote is, you got every excuse in the world for us this year. We've had injuries. We've had COVID sit-outs. We've had the short off-season. We've been given every excuse or every opportunity to make an excuse, but champions don't make excuses. Champions find a way to get it done. I'm sorry if I just made you run through a brick wall by reading that. <laughs> uh, blame Alex Caruso, but I read that and thought, oh, my God, that's amazing. I am hyped now. That is big Goonies never say die energy. <laughs> I loved everything about that. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, we can just, I'll, I'm going to title this the Alex Caruso podcast, um, which is great. Again, crazy considering the night Anthony Davis had. Uh, 
I wouldn't go that far. Maybe the Anthony Davis and <laughs> Alex Caruso podcast. <laughs> uh, but that'll do it for our show this week. Thank you guys for listening. Um, by this time next week, we will either be done with the season or very close to it. Uh, actually, we, we get will the be f- podcasting after the regular season the f- finale. So. I don't know. Maybe we'll make it a mailbag podcast episode. Uh, those are always fun. Or a meltdown podcast. Or a meltdown podcast. how this season ends. Uh, and until then, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time.